Hello, my name is Jerry Durham, and I want to welcome you to my podcast, What's Best for the Patient is Best for the Business. This podcast was put together for you, the healthcare practice owner, and wants to achieve success in your healthcare practice and turn this practice, this clinic, into a business. So if you want growth and scalability that drives financial performance, all three of those don't always come together. But if you want that, then you've come to the right place. I'm here to help you be most successful in your healthcare practice and turn it into a business. Cheers. Thanks for coming. Hello, my name is Jerry Durham. Welcome to what's best for the patient is best for business podcast. This is the interview series, doing it and helping others. Enjoy. All right. Welcome back to what's best for the patient is best for business podcast. I'm Jerry Durham, and we are in the middle of the of one of my interview series that I have uh, titled Doing It and Helping Others. And today we are back for part two with Dr. Ashley Johnson, who has taken us through her journey um, in the first part. And before I bring her back on, I want to recap a little bit, because if you didn't listen to it, just click off now and go back and listen to all of part one. Because the way um, Dr. Ashley Johnson is presenting this is I want you to understand her journey to get to where she is today. So it's going to be important that you listen to part one first. If you have listened to part one, then this recap won't be too surprising to you. But I want to tell you what I've heard and some of my biggest takeaways is, and right, it's a, it's a great story. So all of you need to go back because I know you're going to align very well with parts of her journey. If, probably not all of it, but parts of her journey, because it's an interesting journey. And I learned a lot in part one. But my biggest takeaway at the end of this as in the role of what I'm doing and the things I listen for. And the reason I love um, what Ashley is doing today is, is so here's Ashley, volleyball player, who's realizing that she has the clinical skills to help volleyball players. Cool. But that's not paying the bills. Am I correct? Okay, good. Just want to make sure I clarified a little with this before, with this before, but I just want to make sure I'm saying this properly. But and you guys know me very well, and I talk about people aren't buying our clinical skills, my friends. Um, it is what it is. They're buying the expert. And what I want you guys to hear about um, when you're thinking about episode one, and as we move forward, Doctor Ashley Johnson, even before she was Doctor Ashley Johnson, knew where her expertise was, and she leveraged the fuck out of that. And she's still leveraging it, and she's leveraged it along this journey. Um, and so here we are. She's in a large uh, volleyball. What do we call it? Club, gym, club, right? Oh. With lots of people around her that she can serve. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, with a hundred percent certainty, we could drop someone in the middle. Right. The first thing I heard when she said that, I just about I probably I might have peed myself a little bit because <laughs> here's here's somebody and her target market is swarming around her. Right. I guarantee you there are people out there that would fail in that situation because they don't understand the marketing side. of it. They don't understand the selling side. Of it. They don't understand the finance side of it. And they show up believing I have the skills. I have this paper written by the NCAA. I've done all my work. Come see me. Right. And yet this is my biggest takeaway, right? So far as we're not resting on our laurels here or understanding, right? The business side of it. And if you guys don't remember how the last episode ended, I want you guys to go back and listen to the last thing she said on that because this is where we're picking up. And it wasn't 
my life turned when I learned a new treatment technique. It was, what was it? What, what was that tipping point? I'm going to let her take it from here. Right. What was that tipping point? Right. So basically I was like, um, I was giving free consultations and then $35 follow-ups. So I was like, yeah, you know, if the athlete had an issue, they would come back, it would be $35. Or I could treat them for the whole month, two times a week before or after their practice. And I could ensure that they'll, you know, be a lot better than just the one treatment. And I was able to package that. And that is what changed my life. The marketing of the package. So instead of seeing me um, once for 35, they could have me all month for 250. And they got communications, um, notes, the parents got their, you know, initial eval. And then at the end, um, so it wasn't anything that was like required by insurance, but as a concierge based physical therapist, you know, your patients are paying a cash price. So you have to give them more than what they would get with their insurance. And that is that evaluation and the post evaluation, along with recommendations for how to, you know, get even better or prevent further injury. And um, because I gave that paperwork and a lot of my discharge paperwork had a final HEP, but the thing about physical therapy and just, you know, exercise realm in general is that there's never really a stopping point, especially especially with athletes. Um, make sure you you hear that people that we we that's one of my biggest beefs right is that oh there's a stopping point I'm like there's not there's not there's a whole continuum because as life goes on as that athlete as I fix that athlete's ankle and now the athlete can play and the parents like well how can we make sure their performance is good on that ankle so now we're going into the performance part how can we make sure that we're not overusing that ankle? And then now we have that recovery portion. So through my, I can say it was like my experimental entrepreneurial time at the volleyball gym, I was able to really, you know, speak to my market and they were honest with me because they respected me in that community. So I was getting great feedback and found out that what people really wanted was injury prevention wellness performance and general wellness just so they can stay safe and stay injury free and so that is when um my volley have program started volley have you all hear that volley have because one thing that i've learned even just as a consumer when things are packaged i'm more apt to use them because within those package, within that package, I feel like it's specifically for me. So once I got the 200, once I got the dollar amount, so I knew it was going to be eight visits a month. So the package only lasted 30 days. They're going to pay me $250. But I gave my patients the autonomy to tell me what type of treatment they were having that day. Oh, you had a tournament last weekend? You could use your Volleyhab Recovery Day. Or do you truly have an injury? Okay, now you truly need Volleyhab Rehab. Or are we trying to prevent injury? That's Volleyhab Prevention. So no matter where the athlete was in their life of injury or their level of performance, Volleyhab was for them. I was able to create a package that no one could walk away from because 
it addressed everything that most volleyball people would want. Well, I would argue they couldn't walk away from it, but on the front end, no one else was anybody else offering that. No. Yeah, I was going to say so. So, a we have the nobody else is offering this because I'm hearing so many things in here. Um, I like, um, and then right, they can't walk away from it. Let's not forget. Also, you guys don't forget this. It, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this and contradict you just a little bit, just a little bit. This paper was developed by whom? It wasn't just some person. It was by Dr. Ashley Johnson, the expert with volleyball players. So this whole selling, I said this earlier and I said this last episode, I believe, right? The expert. So the expert. So this paper had far greater, by the way, this same paper from someone else did not hold the same value. It didn't. Yeah, right. It's it, it's not money. It's paper, right? It's like a stock certificate. How much is it worth today, tomorrow? Coming from Dr. Ashley Johnson, expert, right? Former Division One college player, physical therapist, blah, 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 blah. The value of that paper goes up, up, and up. So I don't want anybody to miss out on that, right? And you were presenting yourself, right? That's the way you presented yourself. That's the way you pitched yourself to the to the gyms, right? I just, I don't want that to get missed because you are an expert at this point. And as you guys hear the dollar amounts, don't get caught up on the dollar amount. Get caught up on the fact that it was an expert attached to that dollar amount. Right. Good. So, right. So with the package, how it changed my life was now you have the word of mouth. Now you have people seeing me giving, you know, soft tissue mobilization to players. I'm like, why can't I get that? Mom, I want that. I need that. I need to get to this. You know what I'm saying? And then now, um, this is at this point in my company or my entrepreneurial drive, my personality took it to the next level. So the packages for the parents were like, oh, that's reasonable, 35. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But now the kids, now it's cool to be with Doc J. Oh, fuck. That's, this is awesome. Right. So now there's this Bali Hab corner. Now I have a 10 by 10 banner. Now we have music. Now girls have Bali Hab shirts. Oh, oh you're wearing your normal practice shirt. We're Bali Hab girls. God. Now, now girls are trying to get into Bali Hab just because, you know, it's like what Apple does. You know, you give a you give it's a device. Cool kid. I call it the, the cool kids. Club. It's the cool kid club. And so I literally went from. You know, offering this 250, I probably had, even though the gym had like 200 to 300 athletes, I probably had eight to 10 that I was seeing, which is still good because that was $2,500 a month extra and I'm still working a full time job. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. And so that Volley Hat program, I want to say around December of 2019. Right. When did COVID hit? 2020? Yeah. 2020, yeah. Because that's what, when you said 2019, I was like, oh, we're headed into 2020. We're into COVID, right. So this is like the season started in November. So by winter break, I want to say like December 18th, um, the gym was open, but there was no practices. So I went from having eight to 10 of those girls to about 30 to 35. Yeah. At 200. The mic's on. I said, oh, fuck. Sorry. That's okay. (laughs) People are used to that here. By the way, my intro, I told everybody they might hear that. Okay. Um, So, yes. So, December and January, that entire period of the winter break was very eye-opening for me because for the first time, I was like, holy mackerel. 
I am valued because I just brought in $6,000 right before Christmas and I'm working a full-time job and I'm basically matching what I'm making at my full-time, but I'm doing it in less time in an environment I want to be in, having fun and helping my community, people I'm excited to help. And then my confidence as a physical therapist increased because I'm getting feedback from my patients. I'm seeing the output while they're practicing. And I know more about how the body needs to work to be successful in volleyball. So I don't have imposter syndrome, right? Like when you're a new grad, you're like, I'm a doctor, but I don't know that, Like, but I still need help here. But when I'm in the volleyball gym, I already knew, you know, what type of external rotation they needed, how they need to finish and how we need to work on quick internal rotation attacks. I was able to use, you know, my life as a volleyball player with my knowledge to help volleyball players. And I've monetized off of that. And that's been the bread and butter of my success. I think everything to volleyball and the volleyball juniors that I've been treating because that is, it wasn't loans that were able to get me my building. It wasn't, you know, me working a whole lot. It was literally my community has allowed me to grow and I'm forever grateful. So this is great stuff so far. I want, because I know more about you than maybe some of the people listening. So I'm just thinking of how I want to ask the next question to move this conversation forward without but I want to re I want to recap what we just heard, and because there's so much in there um, regarding finding the people you could serve, that's that's huge here, and I want everybody to hear that part. You found a way to serve people in an environment that was very low overhead for you, right? Oh. Right? Yeah, pretty. Well, because I went in there, for, I went in there. But let's face it, you didn't even have to pay for the banner because you knew a guy. <laughs> yeah. So really, right. So low overhead. And so we have this, I found my community. I found a way to be, by the way, forget, I found a place to serve them. I found a way to be amongst them. Right. Which I said in the last episode is just, I was like, when you said that, I was like, my God, 99.9% of the people out there don't have that opportunity. Right. But yet I want them to understand how you did this. Right. And you reached out. Let's go the step before you reached out to every one of those potential places, right? Asking, telling, asking, <laughs> telling right? Yeah. And um, letting them know you could serve them. So, and then again, during this journey, you're learning, shall we say, a little more of the business side on and on, more about the marketing, more about the selling, more about the branding, I would say. And branding, I put in there with it, it branding permeates everything. But the branding, when you created your Bali Have Corner, right? And your t-shirts and the music and everything else. So you're learning this as you go along because you're seeing these things work, right? And right, the packages and how the parents respond to certain things. And then, and then summer, uh, sorry, winter break comes and you're seeing, wow, there's even more people here I can serve. So now, right, without getting into the, uh, because I'm, I don't want to go into the clinical side, I'm not the clinical guy here, right? So now here we are, right with this but you have other space and you've done other things and even up to today some of the people you partnered up with why don't you talk about some of that stuff too right. so whoa, whoa 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 let me clarify are you still in the gym yes oh you are see i didn't know that wow so how often are you at the um 
tsunami. Right. So right now, because it's like the off season, because club is typically November to April. So I'm. This is like their off season. So they're all coming to my clinic. Oh, I got you. So here we go again. So here's an evolution, right? That right. That you're not having to travel to their space. By the way, by the way, thank you for proving my point. That people will travel for an. Oh, I have I have volleyball girls driving hour and a half. People will travel for an expert. They will. And she's like, she's like, we've probably passed a hundred physical therapy places, but this is awesome. you need to know if she's going to be good enough to play in the fall. Yep. And so basically they drive up here on Thursdays um, and they stay till Sunday. I see them Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. That's, and, that's so good. And by the way, she ain't doing it for free. Oh, people no. travel for an expert. And people will pay for an expert. I say this every day to the people I work with and a lot of my other stuff. And right, this whole, oh, well, people just want to use their insurance. I'm like, well, they do for things they don't value. So if if we don't have something to value, all we got is price. So if you lead the conversation in the wrong way and the person doesn't see the value, all they're going to say is, well, how much does it cost? Oh, that's too expensive. And when someone says it's too expensive, I like double down and go back to they didn't understand what they were buying. So let's stay out of the negative. Let's stay in the positive. People will travel and pay for an expert. So you got your own space now. People are coming to you in the off season. And then during the club season, you're actually in the gym more helping and doing some of the shorter treatments. Or what are you doing? Like consults and things like right. that. Right. So um, I have grown. Um so let's go back to it's November, December yeah. mm-hmm. 2019. I'm like, holy cow, I'm making money. Um, have a conversation with my boyfriend. Like, hey, I think I'm ready to exit the, the other the full time, my full time job. Like at this point, we don't know if the kids are going to go back to school or not. Okay. That means that they'll be available in the daytime to train. You know, the world stopped. Athletics did not. Yeah, interesting. We did not. Um, we, you know, we found ways and that comes with the partnership type situation that we're going to talk about. So we're into January and I'm still seeing those same 25 to 30 money is consistent. Um, but now we're having issues with the viability of club volleyball because of COVID. So it's like you have these tournaments coming up. They're out of state. Are we traveling? Some are in states that don't think COVID exists. Some are in states that do think COVID exists. So you see your schedule changing from going to Illinois, Michigan, Indiana, to Texas, Florida, Georgia, um, which was crazy in itself. But now we're like, how do we keep our girls safe? And who do they look to? Dr. Ashley Johnson. Well, this is this is great because I shared this story with someone the other day. So I love where you're headed with this because I shared what hopefully you're sharing next with someone recently. Okay. So basically they come to me and they're just like, how do we keep volleyball going? And I'm like, well, we need to have COVID testing. We need to be with this is it. it. This is what I was sharing. You guys must put these people. I want, I'm going to stop. I'm going to interrupt because you're going to roll this back. You're going to hear what she's talking about leading up to this. Then you're going to go, Jerry interrupted her. But I want you to understand what she said before this and where she's going, right? This is being an expert and delivering for your community. This right. this will build more trust than anything you could possibly do right? as a physical therapist. Exactly. So 
basically the rules were, you know, we could travel and all that stuff, but as girls got sick, we didn't want it to spread in our gym. So what do we do for COVID? Being the director of sports medicine, we're not just physical therapists, you know, we are health practitioners. And when we don't know something, it is our job to refer and find a way and send people out and provide that guide and that path for proper medical treatment or care. And that's basically how I treated this situation. They needed COVID testing for their 350 athletes twice a week so that they could travel. We needed rapid so that if there was a player that showed symptoms, we can immediately test their whole team and their coach. The question was, how do we do it? Um, so at that point, I left the gym and I was like, I don't even know how I'm ever going to do this. So I um, reached out to the fellow doctors and friends that I've made in Atlanta, which is why relationship building in the field is so, so important because you never know when you'll need an MD, a nurse prac, an ophthalmologist, a podiatrist. Um, so I do my due diligence to always seek out personal relationships with other practitioners um, and that uh, ritual or thing that I do really benefited me during this COVID because I was able to get a group text going. I said, hey, I need this many COVID tests this many times a week, probably till April. How do I do this? Um, so, you know, as a physical therapist, we can't, you know, order a COVID test or even get compensation through insurance for COVID testing. So it's like, how, you know, how is this going to happen? So I basically was able to, you know, find a medical doctor who I already had a previous relationship with because I would see his pain patients. And I basically told him like, hey, this is my situation. Do you know anyone that could help? Um, because this doctor has seven clinics in Atlanta and the staff and the manpower, he was like, oh, I'll take it. He was like, but this is what you do. You this, these are the three labs I use because he used like a whole bunch of labs. And he's like, contact my lab person, tell him I'm your ordering physician and you are my COVID coordinator for volleyball. I was like, okay, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I called them, I'm letting them know I'm the COVID coordinator. All of a sudden, and then I'm telling them like all the sites I need, how often, and they're like, oh yeah, we send the nurses, we do everything for you, you just need to coordinate it. So I was like, okay, we'll test on Tuesday, Thursdays. We're here. We have these parking spaces. I did all that coordinating. I did all of this because I wanted my community to be able to continue doing what they're doing during the worst possible situation that we could all be faced with. Um, I didn't know that that was going to be a financial cow for me. I did not know that there was money available in COVID. So basically as a lab representative, every time a site was set up, every time a test was ran, I got some type of compensation for that. Um, and the doctor that I was working with, of course, as you know, COVID tests are billables. He's getting about 700 tests a week for months and months and months and months. Um, so of course we became friends. He respected me. I wasn't just a physical therapist to him. I was a business partner and I had his ear at that time. So now we're in February. We've been testing for eight weeks. Um, I start testing in my clinic. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not testing my clinic yet. I don't have a clinic. I don't have a clinic. 
So no, we're just testing. And with the volley hat money and the money from the COVID test, I was like, babe, okay, we're real. I think I'm really, 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 really ready now. Um, at that point, I put in a 60 day notice to my to my job. I told my clinic director, I was like, I don't want to leave you butt out, but I'm looking for a space. When a space becomes available, I'm going to start transitioning, but I'm giving myself two months. So I'm giving you two months to post and fill my position because you never want to burn bridges in PT. You never want to burn bridges in PT. Amen. It's too small. I burned those shitloads. It's too small. It's too small. So um, as I was preparing for that, I told the MD, like, hey, I'm going to do the volleyball gym full time. And he was like, well, you know, I've been sending you my pain patients. Like, who's going to take my pain patients? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, I'm still a PT. I can see your pain patients. I was like, but I'm not credentialed. And I really only do cash. And he was like, oh, that's fine. I'll credential you under my practice. And I was like, no, I don't really want to work. He was like, no, no, no. Just see my pain patients and I'll give you the billables. That is when my life changed again. <laughs> so- well, let, let's uh, let's just let's go a little high level here real quick. Yeah. Because th- these are you. This is you showing up. All of these, again, not saying how much will I get paid. It's how do I continue to serve mm-hmm. the people that I want to serve? So I just want that to be clear because you and I both know, actually, some people are going to listen to this and go, oh, she made money. It's about the money. Yeah. Hey, it was about this. So let's just, let's put it out there already. Let's put it out there right now, right? Initiate the objection. It's a note in front of me, right? People are going to say this. By the way, say that if you like. Yeah, let's back this up. Ashley did the COVID testing to keep her community safe. And plain. And freaking plain. And by the way, healthy. So right? The money was not the driving force. Hey, by the way, you do get paid. I do. Yeah. So again, let's keep this clear. Second one, the credentialing under the doctor. Hey, I'd love to help you, but I can't. Hey, right. You know, and being very open. I don't take insurance. I only take cash. Hey, that's not a problem. What do you mean? I'll credential you. No. Right. So there were no's. There were conversations. It wasn't Ashley showing up going, how much will I get paid for this shit? So I want everybody to keep this completely clear. It's how can I continue to serve people? Well, I can continue to serve people, but I can't continue to serve them with insurance, right? There's nothing wrong with having that being blatantly clear about this, right? So it is what it is. And so coming from this place of, I want to be able to serve. And then all of a sudden, hey, wait a minute. So cool, proceed. we got the neuro. Right. Thank you for that. So now I'm, now me and the doctor are, Dr. Murray, he's my medical director now. Um, so we're constantly, as you said, having conversations through February, through March, through April. This isn't something that we are just like, you know, okay, I'll do it because I really didn't want to do it. Right. I already found my community. It was volleyball. I knew that that would be profitable. I was happy there. I liked the hours. I could live, pay my student loans. I really didn't want to be, I really didn't want to work during the day. If I could only work from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. for the rest of my life, I was perfectly fine with that. Um, but because he, I was one of his favorite PTs to send his pain patients to, there was now we have a vo- now we have an issue. Um, and so basically, over the course of the months, he was like, "Man, they're not going to PT. They really liked your personality. They felt that you listened to them. How can you see them?" And I was like, "Okay." 
I guess you can start credentialing me under your practice. And then like, as you need me to see your pain patients, I'll see them. So I was only working for him two days a week. Um, in his space? In his, in his space. Yep. In his space because he had clinics. So I was like, let's back it up a little more. I'm like, okay, they're not coming to my volleyball gym because I have 18 and unders. Where am I going to treat them? And he's like, well, I have many exam rooms. I was like, those are for physicians. That's not PT ready. Um, so his offices were so big that he found large office spaces within his and he would he would show me a room. He's like, can you make this room a PT room? And I was like, OK, yeah, I can. And then he's like, what do you need to build a physical therapy clinic? So I literally made an Amazon list called PT Clinic Basics. And it just had all the basic things you needed, like resistance band, table, you know, heat, ice, uh, BOSU ball, weights, all just packaged up. I didn't think that he was going to do it, but he went and just bought the whole Amazon list. Next thing you know, he's calling me. He's like, hey, I got stuff here. I'm like, what stuff? He's like, to set up the PT clinic. That's awesome. You had no, you're like, well, this would be it, right? It's kind of like, here's an example. Right. That's so um, I'm, so I, we build it. I'm seeing patients twice a week. Um, again, not getting paid hourly because he said I would get a percentage of, you know, the billables. That's how he would pay my salary. And when those billables came in, yeah, you learn quick. You learn quickly about insurance contracts when you deal with doctors and hospitals. I was like, "This is what we mm -hmm. get paid." Mm -hmm. And so, at this point, I already put in my notice at work. COVID testing is active. I'm still seeing about twenty to twenty-five girls a month on my volleyball program, and now I have this whole billable situation that I didn't even know knew existed. I, you know, did outpatient. I would submit my billing to the front desk. But that's all I knew. Like, I didn't know the monetary thing. So you don't even want to know what the hospital was collecting. Oh, my goodness. I could probably make me sick. So the funny part about this situation is the physician didn't even know PT was like this. Wow. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> he had no idea. He was like, so wait, this is what people are doing. Mm -hmm. So now we're at a point where now he wants me in there all the time. I've already started looking for a spot. I think I put my money down for my retail spot and I'm building my spot out in May, in June, July. So while my spot is being built out, I'm not at Ortho Atlanta. I'm working for Dr. Murray like three days a week off of the billables, doing my volleyball program at night, building my clinic, building my clinic. Um, by the time August hit, I saw my first patient in my Union City Clinic August 17th. At that point, I was doing four days a week at the doctor's office and I had to choose, you know, do I continue to forge with what I wanted to do or do I kind of take the easy, the easy route? Uh, but again, my heart was with the patients that I saw one time and they never came back. And it wasn't because they didn't like me. It was because they couldn't afford their copay. They couldn't get through the front door because they couldn't get past the receptionist desk because they had money, they had things that they owed. And that's why I originally went without with uninsured because I could help. I wasn't in contract with these insurances and I could legally say, I know Blue Cross Blue Shield says you have to pay 110 today, but it's 40 and everything because I'm not credentialed under Blue Cross Blue Shield. Um, and so me and the doctor had that conversation. He started sending his pain patients to fill my Union City schedule. 
and then I only worked two days a, two days a week in his office while focusing on my clinic. The rest, um, things blew up fast. So August seventeenth was my first week. I had about twenty five visits. By the next month, I was at thirty five visits a week. The next month, I'm at fifty. Now I'm like getting a little stressed, getting a little stressed. And that's when my business grew. Um, so now I have three locations, through four physical therapists and three physical therapy interns um, at these three locations that are inside of his clinics. So I was able to grow my company into multiple facilities without overhead because I was able to leverage my skills, my ability uh, to bring people in, other physical therapists, and having just being in an environment that allowed for all of it to work. Special place, special time, special people. Um, and I'm blessed that it happened to me, but that's basically where I'm at you know, right now in my entrepreneurial endeavors. Yeah, this is all this is all so interesting. I want to double back to something you said last episode and because I want I want to go back to a couple of tipping points and there were, you know, there were a fair amount. There were spots you said were tipping points and there were there were other things I heard that I want to make sure people don't miss out on. Is right is from the very beginning understanding who you wanted to serve. Who who did it, who do you know, who's my community? Who do I want to help? You know, I've had a couple of conversations with very um, newer PTs wanting to do their own thing. And I'm like, get everything else out of your head, um, right? Where are you going to be? What am I going to do? I'm like, it doesn't matter until you know who you're going to serve. Because you are a great example of this in the story. Is when You always knew who you wanted to serve. So it was easy for you. I'm going to say easy, simple. Sorry, never easy. Simple. It was simple for you, right? I want to treat volleyball players. Well, guess what, people? I'm going to reach out to all the volleyball gyms. So all of a sudden, right, everybody's going, where am I going to serve people? Where am I going to serve people? I'm like, until you know who you're going to serve. Yeah, you can't answer. Right? And then once you know who with you, you knew exactly where to go. So this is such a great example. The other huge thing I want to um, draw people back to that I said already is you knew who you wanted to serve and you let, let's just, right, bear with me on this word. You knew you were an expert. You became an expert. You made sure people knew you were the expert in that space. So, became, you know, and they became the expert was earlier on in the journey. But even very early on in the journey, you knew what you wanted to do and serve, which was the volleyball player. So you became the expert. You made sure people knew you were the expert. By the way, you put, you, you put yourself in a spot in the middle of all your target customers and went, I'm the expert, right? I mean, that, that's the stuff I really, really want people to hear because I deal with clinics every day who've been around and established who don't know this stuff. And they have a way harder time every day, right? These are clinics with a lot of cancels, a lot of drop-offs because what do they do? They just schedule everybody who calls. And it's like, well, who are you serving? I'm serving everybody who needs physical therapy. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Right. When someone says I'm serving people in need physical therapy, I'm like, how's your drop off rate? Right. And your drop off rate, I would assume is pretty, is zero. Right. I try people, to, I'm literally. People who choose not to come back on their own. Right. It's rare. It's rarely. I find myself, I hate not firing patients, but I just have to be like, yeah. Hey, we're done. Hey, we're <laughs> course of care. Right. And by the way, I'm here for next time. Right. And they, they just want their next time to be right now. 
Yep, yep, yep. And so a good sign of a great model or someone serving, by the way, I, you know, the A number one metric for any great patient's experience within your company is drop-offs, right? And so as Ashley mentioned, right, that means you're, that means people who you can serve are finding you and they're scheduling you and you're delivering on the product. That's it. That's it. That's what a drop-off is. That's what a drop-off measures, right? Are you who you said you would be? Can you deliver for me, right? And so that I really want to make sure people hear both of those. You knew who you could serve and you became the expert in that. And it has led to all this stuff, right? And don't get me wrong. There are other parts of this, right? The relationship building, right? The, the conversation with the neurodoc, but still it comes from you knowing who you could serve and what you could do. And again, so let's just recap this, right? Didn't go to the COVID testing for another revenue source. It was yeah. just like, no, I need to do this for my community. So, right, leading from the right place, right? Leading to your greater vision, leading from your greater vision. Sorry. So, yeah, there's so much good stuff in here. Are you helping people who want to start their own businesses? What are you doing? Are you are you doing? Tell, tell me, tell me who you're helping. Here we go again. Who are you serving? What type of people? Right. And then, um, what do you help? What are you doing? Okay. So, um, when I first, I want to say when I, you know, when you probably found me on social media when I started documenting my journey, I got people who wanted me to help them, and I was just like, you know, helping, helping, helping. And then it got overwhelming, right? Because I have like other stuff to do. So that's when I would like start. Work. <laughs> yeah, like work. <laughs> so I started Fast Cash PT Consulting. And then basically I was like, if you want to book a consultation, book. And I was able to really control my hours better. Um, through those consultations, I found therapists that were in my area who had similar journeys as myself. Area, you mean Atlanta. Atlanta. I, okay, just make it change. And they had, they were like, man, I really, I heard you speak here and you were saying how you kept getting fired. You didn't like being the PT and that's how I feel, but I know I love PT. Um, and that innately created my recruiting pool without me really realizing it. So at the point where I was like, oh crap, I need help. I was able to go back to those people that I consulted and I was like, hey, you talked about exiting three months ago, how are you feeling right now? Um, and they're like, I still want to exit. So my biggest thing when bringing people on, I didn't want to bring on hourly PTs because that's disrespectful. Knowing what I know about billables, if I bring on any one of my peers for $50 an hour, even 60, is pure disrespect. Um, I'm basically pimping them. And I don't want to do that. I want to give doctors of physical therapy what they deserve if insurance says a doctor of physical therapy we pay this much for a doctor of physical therapy that doctor of physical therapy should acquire the majority of that money um so when i would speak to them i would show them my financials i was very open very honest like here's what they said they would here's what they deducted and here's what i got back for this visit um and it didn't take much to sign them all on so uh, all of my therapists, uh, I want them to use .jpt as a transitional phase. Uh, so this is, yeah. So I was going to ask you this. Now, you had this discussion before they come on that I look at this as a transition for you. Right? For sure. For yeah. sure. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. I was going right. to ask you this. So this is good. Right. So basically, I what I do for them is 
I provide them me, my consulting. Like you don't have to pay a Doc J consult fee. You have me all the time. And I would cover, so I taught them how to get, how to launch their business, get their EIN, their tax ID, professional liability insurance, um, anything that you need to business. Well, how to break down the financials, by the way. Don't, don't freaking let that go. Right, right, right. So right. That's what I'm thinking of the whole time. Hell, you showed them, this is how you get paid. This is the money that you're going to have to run your business out. Right. right. So basically I provide myself and Dr. Murray, we provide them with credentialing for their business. Dr. Murray is the neuro doc. Pain doc. He's a pain doc. Pain doc. Sorry. Yeah. But the pain doc. Okay. Yeah. So he already has a pain doctor of 35 some years, has established clinics in Atlanta, established staff, doctors and nurse practitioners that work under him. He's credentialed with like 48 different insurances. Um, so basically, it allows me to bring a physical therapist on that wants to start their own business. If you want to do your own cash base, you could do cash base. If, if you want to do insurance base, you can do insurance base because we're all basically PRN for Murray Medical and PRN for Doc JPT. So oh, basically, is, yeah, this is good. Yeah. So basically, what happens is I get my PTs there businesses set up and business bank accounts. And then we write up a contract between Doc JPT and their business, right. Murray Medical and their business, and how much I'm paying out this business to pick up my patients. And so basically they have a set flat fee rate for like my motor vehicle workers comp. Um, and then they get a percentage of the insurance billables. Anything that they bring in like their own cash patient they pay a nominal fee like 10 bucks to the house and they can build their own caseload. So the goal of all of this is to one, show PTs that you are more than your hourly hourly wage and teach them enough so that once they have the capital, because that's a lot of our issue, we have the student loan debt and we want to leave, but we can't because of the security of what corporate gives us. So I want what I do to be a transitional safe space to where they know that they're going to monetize while they're in this training program. And then I can push them out into their own clinic. They do their own thing with the money that they save, just how I was saving my volleyball money. This is like your capital for your future business. But guess what? When you go out and do your business, you still have Dr. Murray's credentialing for insurance so you can run a cash practice, but oh, still nice. help nice, yeah. patients if you need it. Um, and now he has another place to send his patients. Yeah, wow, this is all nice. I love the way it's working out. Right, because his biggest thing is he believes pain patients are discounted in outpatient physical therapy. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, because, you know, some of them are dealing with, you know, a little bit of addiction, a little bit of fibromyalgia, just very nonspecific aches and pains. Um, and when you're in an outpatient clinic with two to three patients an hour, you don't have time. I didn't have time for that. I would kind of get a little annoyed. Um, so he understands that his pain patients will be most successful in smaller physical therapy awesome. environments. That's but his awesome. biggest issue is he couldn't find them. Right. So what we're doing is we're going to start creating them um, here in Atlanta in my biggest so more spaces to treat these people in a broader area. Exactly. Yeah, awesome. So my biggest hope um, or goal in the future 
after we run this because my therapists have only been working for like two to three months. Um, I want them to work a full year. I want them to document how much they have made. And I want it to be publicized that, hey, I've been working for a year. I see eight patients a day. I call off when I want to. And this is what you can make as a PT owner with the thoughts that if we share our story, there's other doctors like Dr. Murray. There's yeah, there other you physical go, right? therapists so thinking up, right? like myself, right? And so this is something that, um, you know, he has doctor friends and he's kind of been bragging about what we're doing down here. And he's like, yeah, I got somebody in Baltimore that wants to do this. I got a doctor in Kentucky. Yeah, and yeah. in my head, I'm like, man, all I got to do is start getting PTs on this different level of thinking, connect them with these doctors in their area. And we could, you know, everybody wants yeah, to give them a template, right? Give them yeah. a template, give them the structure to be successful in the setting. It's not here, go do it yourself. It's here's the template, here's the structure. For lack of a better term, I'm going to use a word. It's not, but just so people listen, it's basically you're, you're setting people up with a franchise. Right, exactly. It's not, yeah, I just want to be careful because there's legalese of franchise. But by the way, let's put it this way. It's better than a franchise because not all the costs associated in the legal and no the work up front. So. And again, it goes back to helping my community. So yeah. I know PTs don't have the overhead to leave. So I'm giving you that opportunity in a safe space where you can still make a living, but you actually don't have the ceiling that you have in corporate that my mom, after being in. Yeah, here we go. Here we come full so, circle, right? Yeah. And I, that was one of the notes I wrote down. Yeah, like the biggest thing is, you know, she's been in the game for 35 years. I've seen her in the same position my entire life. And she does the best job. Patients love her, but she can't earn any more. There's a limit. And in this type of setting and type of model, the only limitation is yourself. The only limitation is how many patients do you not want to see anymore? And I think that should be the problem in physical therapy. And not that we have a limit, but we just have our own capacity to what we're able to do. You are correct. Right, right. So again, it needs to, so that we can get away, I would argue, I, I like the way you said that, right? It's so in your environment, it doesn't have to do with fuck the insurance. It doesn't have to do with fuck the doctors and the referrals. It has to do with me. And so I like that. Well, I mean, yeah, and I, we spoke before, um, 90% of my patients um, came through the door. Like doctors are reaching out to me like, oh, hey, um, my Medicaid patients that they come to you, can you see more? And it's like everybody's so backwards because we're following that corporate marketing model. And I challenge everyone to deprogram yourself and really just focus on the people and not the system of how to do business, because the systems that you're following doesn't fit the model of the individual practitioner. It just does not work. And our model does not work for corporate. So it's, you know. Well, until, because don't forget, I I hear what you say and I agree with yeah. everything. And then I want to say dot, 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 until this is um, very early on. So here, to I want to solidify and back up what you're saying. Very early on in my journey, right? I went out of network like 13 years ago, which meant, right? I wasn't, I was not contracted. <clears throat> the biggest detractors and the biggest naysayers and the biggest pain in my fucking ass were other PTs, right? Oh, you can't do that. Oh, how are you going to exist? Oh, right. no, everybody wants to use insurance. I was like, yeah, not going to work. So 
right? And then after I did it and I was touting that we were able to do this and I was sharing a little bit of my journey and my success, I know they're very significant big name PTs in the country come up to me and go, you know, if your model's so good, why can't you scale it? And it caught me off guard at then. But then here's something to think about. So we say this model doesn't work for corporate, but if you're in three different states and you're, by the way, if you're ready for this, what I said at the end of this, if you're in three different states serving four or five different doctors with the same model, you're corporate. And I don't want that to be a bad word. Right, right, right. You, Dr. Ashley Johnson, in your company becomes corporate. So let's not say it doesn't work for corporate. I would say it doesn't work in the current existing system. As okay. It, okay? Because I, I, I want us to own the fact that because here's what, here's what I say now. People are like, well, this model doesn't work. I'm like, why? Well, because I haven't grown clinics, but I've worked with clinics. And by the way, now I'm going to rip off, right? Seattle, Georgia, Texas, right? South Carolina, Florida, boom, boom, boom. I'm like, but I work with clinics in eight different states of eight different models. What do you mean I can't scale this? I got eight clinics across the country doing this. This is scalable. I just, I didn't create it. I'm scaling it through other people. That's what you're doing. So, so you're, you're creating a new model, right? So just, right. Because I want to pump you up. And that's why I said, get ready for what I'm going to say at the end. You are corporate, quote unquote, right? Because you're developing this model that's spreading out, right? So, so, right. I don't want other people to tell me what what they can't do or back to things you've said, right? Just tell me what you can yeah, do and let's grow this I ran, thing. Let's grow. I, ran, I ran this model past many a consultants, uh, paid a lot of money. And I was told that it would not work. That I guarantee it. I was naive. I was told I was naive, um, that I'm mother Teresa and that doesn't yeah. pay the bills. Yeah. See, so anybody who's listening to this thinking it's about the money. She was told she was mother Teresa. So people are totaling her. She's giving stuff, right? It just, it doesn't yeah. fit. And it's because everybody's coming at you with the old model. Yes. And in, in my head, the old model, like it just made sense for me because when I did the pennies and cents of what I made every day and I was like, okay, I'm making 250 a day after, like after everything. If I charge $25 and I see 10 patients, I'm making the same amount that I was making at my quote unquote, very good, high paying job. And yeah, so right. I was telling the consultants this, I was like, for me, it makes sense. I will know you're devaluing PT. Well, pause. I'm devaluing it to who? Because the patients I'm seeing can't even get physical therapy. Yeah, there you go. So let's keep that in context, right? It, here we are, the community we serve. And so, yeah, I, I again, I want to share something I'm doing, not to take this, but to no. To verify that it's not one person, right? I'm working with someone currently who's 40% of their visits every month, uh, maybe a little less, sorry, 30 to 40% of their visits every month are from people who either can't pay, don't pay, are very low pay, right? And for whatever reason, zero judgment. And it's funded by the people in this business who are paying. And I helped them set up that structure. So the point is, is it's like, oh no, you, you know, you can't set up a pro bono clinic. You can't do this. I'm like, not in your model, but how about, right? It's like, open your brains up, right? And who's the value to, right? So you can't say people not paying don't value it. Now, mind you, I say broad sweeping things, right? But yet I would argue the pro bono people know the value of it, their time and their energy. And by the way, if they're taking an hour off from work, 
there's a cost. So everybody has to clear their brain and just think about what's best for the people we're serving, right? Exactly. Which you just said. So I just want everybody to understand this isn't a one-off. This isn't a one-off thing. And I don't know if you remember, actually, but one of the first things I said to you, I shared the story with someone this week too. So one of the first things I told Ashley Johnson was when I got her on the phone was, oh my God, I love what you're doing. And fucking everybody's going to be coming after you and telling you. <laughs> Did I not tell you that? Yeah, thank you. You're like, be ready for it. <laughs> I was like, you better be ready for it because I love what you're doing. And there are a lot of people who hate this. You did. Yeah. And again, it's not that, hey, I'm a smart guy. It was, hey, let's get out. This is a perfect place to end. It's let's get out of this. I had this conversation every day. Oh, we have a surplus of PTs. I'm like, we're not even going to go down this route, by the way. But I'm like, um, in the current model, in the current way we bill, in the current way we treat, yeah, we have too many PTs now, period. Now, that should be a warning to stop treating that way, not stop graduating PTs. Right. And look what look, look what's going on, by the way, Kentucky. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know where other state you said, you know. Some of these places you talked about, these doctors, there's, you know, and by the way, I can take people to California with many underserved people. So, you know, these are people showing up. And by the way, you talked about treating the Medicaid patients, all of it. I mean, we're giving more. We, Ashley said, Ashley, it's not me. Ashley is giving more people access. So it's, you know, take a step back, ask a lot of questions, get all the bullshit. And by the way, there's more bullshit in my head than anybody else's. So talking to myself. Get all the bullshit out of your head before you start telling someone it's not viable, right? Right. So that's awesome. I love. Where can people find you? They can find me everywhere: Instagram, Twitter at docjpt, d o c j a y p t. Um, You can also now find me at Clark Atlanta University because I am now the head volleyball coach here. Ashley was late for a call because she was on a coach's call. I was. I felt so bad. I was well, no, I love it. I love the fact because I heard the call in the background. I'm like, yeah, what's going on? And you're like, oh, this is my coach's call. And I'm like, that's cool. And I had just seen that she took this job. So congratulations to you. Thank you. Again, it's just going back to, you know, what I love. My clinics are doing well. Um, volleyball is my heart. Physical therapy is my skill. Um, so now that I've done my due diligence to put people in the clinics, I think, uh, being at this platform will allow me to speak on volleyhab and volleyball research a little more. Again, just like if you're an expert, they listen to you. So if me taking a coach's title now makes me an expert in the NCAA and you'll listen to coach Dr. Ashley Johnson more than Dr. Ashley Johnson, so be it. And whoa, I'm ready. And you love it, right? I love it. I see. I love that's it. the that's the take home. That's what I'm hearing you. The volleyball, this other stuff. It's like, it. right? So as you listen to this journey, right? All these things. The by the way, this journey started at the beginning with doing the things she loved, right? And if you notice, it just keeps continuing. And that's what I didn't know. And by the way, I didn't know her full story everyone before this. So I I loved hearing the the connection between being an expert. And doing what you love. And that is creating a perfect world for you. Yes. Right? Yes. If you can, again, and it's a cliche at times, but 
when you actually meet the people doing it, it helps it to come to real life. And then it's not a cliche anymore, doing what you love every day. And the fact that you were getting up at six o'clock and going to bed at midnight because you knew you were working towards that bigger goal of the thing you love the most. You were willing to sacrifice this day here right? to make money and do what you needed to do, right? And feed it into this program. So you could do what you, and you, all of it because of what you love. Right. One thing that I want to say, because you just touched on it, Go for it. Um, doing what you love to do. So many PTs have asked me, how do you find your community? How do you find your niche? Listen, if you don't love anything, <laughs> like it's a hard conversation for me to have. Like, do you have friends? Do you go to like, where are you, what do you do beside physical therapy? So it's like, if, if this is something, if being an entrepreneur in anything is what you want to do, you have to have a market and you only have a market if you have a life and a community that you enjoy outside of your nine to five. Yeah, that really resonated. I want everybody to reflect on what you just heard that statement and then this journey again, it resonates with that journey about that. So. I haven't heard anything right that doesn't match up in this journey. And again, whether it was the serving the people and serving the community, it was doing what you love, being the expert, right? All this is right. And by the way, you guys heard all the work involved. <laughs> a lot of work. Yeah, a lot but, of work. But it's like you it's that it's not like I remember being so fatigued when I was just doing seven to four. But then when I started doing seven to four, then by myself, five to 11, I was able, like my energy, even now, the athletic director at Clark is like, Dr. Johnson, your season ain't start. You're in your office all the time. There's things to do. And if you love it, it's just a whole different types of, type of energy that you're able to exude. So yes, it's possible. I saw someone that I follow on social media that I've been connected with. Right. All 99% of his posts are things he loves to do. The one thing he loves to do. He then magically shows up one day and asking, you know, I'm thinking of starting my right publicly. And I'm like, dude. And I referred back to what I see him doing every day on social media. And I might, I just went, I never thought of serving these people. This is what you love to do. And he's like, no, I got to look into that. Right. And so, right. That's what's so interesting. I'm like, Oh my God, you post every day on the same thing. And it's awesome. And there's nobody serving this group. You would own the niches and niches, my friend. Right. And I said, have you ever thought of serving, right? This certain group that I see the stuff I see. Them and it was like, no. Oh, I got to look into that. I'm like, dude, I don't know of anybody serving them. You would own it. Right. And, there's, and again, there's so many things. There's so many little niches, niches out there that because us as PTs, we have to deprogram. We have to open yeah. our eyes. Yeah. And. You know, PT is the, I, I say it all the time. I'm like, we are the most, one of the most valuable professions because we prevent increased performance and keep your right. Like. Great. Which brings us back to discharge, the word discharge, right? But we can have that discussion from there. I really, 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 really thankfully appreciate you going on that journey. No, um, I know there's more in there and serving the community means a lot of different things to different people. Um, so I want, I want to thank you for all of that. Um, I was glad we got to share a little bit about some of the bullshit and pushback you've had. Um, and yet that's why I connected with you. So I was like, damn, this is the future. And damn, she's going to get beat up a lot. I got to get to her and tell her, don't take it personally. Um, 
Thank yeah, you. So. I have like a lot of a lot of people like you. I got Lisa Van Hoos, yeah. Mark, everybody. Well, this is there. There's another. God damn it! I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. All right, the people you surround yourself with. Don't right. find people who tell you no. Find the people, people that tell you. And yes. by the way, they don't necessarily have to be telling you yes, but they go. You know what, Ashley? I like. I, I like the path you're on. Yeah. Right? And then take take and then ask those people. By the way for negative feedback. Where am I going to run into trouble? How am I going to fail? What am I going to do wrong? Tell me now, what am I doing right? But go to someone who believes in the journey you're on, right? Right. Right. So, and th- this is something else for the for those newer people, right? I want, right. I had a conversation last night with someone who I know takes a lot of shit. I said, look, I'm not on the phone with you to pitch you. You're not, I'm not looking to make a dollar from you because by the way, and he, this person had respected the fact that he reached out earlier. And I said, I because I had a product and I was like, dude, don't buy it. And so I got on the phone with him. I said, I love what you're sharing. I love the journey you're about to be on. And I'm happy to talk with you because I don't want you to fuck up like me and everybody else. Else. (laughs) So find someone who believes in you and your journey and don't take feedback from people who don't believe in your journey. Sure. So awesome. Thank you so much. Thank um, you. Everybody knows Doc JPT. I'm so glad. Um, this is definitely going to be one of my longer podcasts, but you know what? These interviews need to be. Um, and thankfully, I'm not the one talking, but these need to be longer. People need to hear these stories. They need to know who they're connecting with and why they're connecting with them. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are welcome. All right, everybody. And thank you for being part of it, doing it, and helping others interview series. Stay tuned for more episodes in the future. Cheers. Thank you for listening today to the podcast. Here's what I want you to do next. Um, If you want to stay in touch or want more information on the doing of all this, then I highly recommend and I really want you to go over to my YouTube page, Jerry Durham PT, J-E-R-R-Y-D-U-R-H-A-M. There is just so much content, videos added weekly, if not daily and you will be able to bury yourself and immerse yourself into this content and learn all you need to know to start implementing some of the things we talked about today second thing i want you to do is just jump in feet first over at my facebook group what's best for the patient is best for business daily interactions right i'll be there you can have discussions with other people you can ask me questions i post there frequently post videos i share information there so it's a place to stay up to date and be very interactive with other people who have the same goals and mindset that you do and want to create this business this healthcare practice that will scale and grow and give you financial performance cheers all